Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 20 Sneak Attack Katie vaguely heard Zach and Cluxy come into the house and settle into their beds. Tears still streaming, she turned to cover her face in the pillow. She felt the indention as weight came down on her side of the bed. Jackson's presence entered her mind, his warm body enveloping her in his arms. She settled against him and cried about the impossible situation between Candy and David. Jackson softly stroked her back, letting her cry until she had no tears left. Katie, are you okay? Jackson quietly cursed under his breath. Tyler, I've got this covered. Katie couldn't help laughing softly through her tears to Jackson's reaction to Tyler reaching out to her. It's not his fault. He feels my emotions. Jackson held her tighter. Tyler doesn't need you to defend him. Katie shook her head, deciding to ignore all subjects that pertain to Tyler around Jackson. She sighed softly, a headache forming in her temples. Jackson got up and left the room. Returning, he handed her a couple of pain relievers and some water. Katie sat up and took the pills. She was grateful for the water as it began to rehydrate her. Thank you. Jackson laid back down beside her. The next time you see them together, it will be easier. He said it in a matter-of-fact voice. Katie shook her head, not knowing if she believed him. Will you stay with me? Jackson pulled her down beside him. I have no intention of leaving you. Lying next to him, she relaxed, drawing on his strength, his warmth, and most of all, his presence. He was a rock she could always rely on. Whenever she needed him, he was always, without fail, exactly where she needed him to be. Katie was standing in a meadow, looking around. She could see fighting all around her. Pure hearts, she recognized, were fighting a battle and losing. She stepped towards them to help when she smelled the pungent, evil smell of a malice. She turned to face her own adversary. Stephen Benz was standing before her, his long nails stretched out. He licked blood dripping from his fingers. I always knew pure heart blood would be sweeter than all other blood. I cannot wait to taste yours and everyone you love. Katie opened her eyes, realizing she was in her own bed. She could feel Jackson's warm body lying next to her, his soft breathing uninterrupted. She took a long, steadying breath, calming her nerves. She thought of how vivid the nightmare was. She closed her eyes for a moment, feeling 
rather than seeing a movement in the doorway, her eyes flashed open again. She inhaled the pungent, evil smell of a malice. Jackson! She screamed with her thoughts as well as her lips. Jackson flew up out of the bed, already in panther form. He attacked the dark figure in the doorway. Katie changed into wolf form. She could hear Zach and Cluxy running into her room. Zach! Check on my mom! She screamed with her thoughts. There was no room in her tiny room to help Jackson as he fought ferociously with a large cat. Knowing Jackson could take care of this one cat, Katie turned into human form so she could get around the fighting and through the door. Candy! She screamed with her thoughts. Malice are attacking! Running towards the fighting sound, she ran into her mother's room. She saw a large polar bear attacking another large cat. Her mother was on the bed watching the scene with wild eyes. Cluxy, come with me! She yelled as she ran down the stairs, trying to smell if there were any others around. A dark figure jumped from the top railing down to the bottom floor just in front of her. She didn't pause, recognizing Jackson's form. Are there any more? Jackson sniffed the air. I can't smell any at the moment. Zach, stay with my mom. Protect her at all costs, Katie instructed. Then the three were animals split up, going into every room. They went outside and followed the smell of only two attackers coming from the woods. Katie turned into human form. Candy, is everything all right there? You yell just in time, Candy informed her. We are all okay. Help us. The cry broke Katie's heart. Where are you? The old Johnson house. The cry was weak. Katie was already running to her jeep with Jackson close behind her. Zach, take my mom with you. We're going to my old house. Jackson grabbed keys from under the seat and quickly started the jeep. Swinging the jeep around in record speed, Katie quickly reached around, automatically grabbing her seatbelt. Katie's heart was in her throat as Jackson took the curves at record speed. Seeing her old house coming to view, she threw the door open, transforming into wolf form. She could see the blacks already on the scene. The smell of blood hit her first. Katie ran into her old home, her senses overloading as she faced utter carnage. Pure hearts were screaming in pain while others were desperately trying to help. Hearing a cry, Katie ran into her old bedroom. She gasped, seven bodies laying lifeless on their cots. Their throats ripped out while they slept. Changing into human form, she turned around, covering her mouth. Memories of Sam's death flooding her senses. Hearing the cry again, she forced herself to enter her old room. Following the sound, she found the pure heart she had made apologize to the blacks. She reached down, holding his hand. Her eyes couldn't look away at the large wound in his stomach. He had been fed on while his heart still pumped. He stared into her eyes, gasping for breath. Shh, don't say anything. It's going to be all right. She knew it was a lie but didn't know what else to say. I'm 
I'm sorry. He spit out. I'm I'm so sorry. Katie shook her head, not knowing why he was apologizing. It's okay. He said something else. Katie didn't understand. She leaned closer. Kill me. He said it so softly she didn't think she understood. What? Please. Kill me. Katie looked at the wounds, thinking there may be a few vital organs missing. The monster who fed on him wanted him to live as long as possible. She looked into the eyes of the pure heart, gasping for breath. He was not going to live much longer. She could only imagine how much pain he was in. How do you kill someone with as little pain as possible? As if reading her thoughts, the pure heart felt around the front pocket of his bloody jeans. Katie reached over, helping him dig out a small pocket knife. Please, he begged. Katie pulled out the small blade, her thumb automatically filling the sharp edge. She hesitated for just a moment before slicing the artery in his tender neck. He stared into her eyes, a grateful expression on his face, tears in her eyes. She watched the last of his blood drain out of his lifeless body. She reached over, closing his eyes. She stayed where she was, holding the body of the pure heart. She never even learned his name. There was that one time she had roughed him up because of his off-color remarks about the blacks. After that, she ignored him. She stayed in her little world, pretending to not see him. Now, he was dead. She slowly rocked back and forth, holding on to his body, blocking out the chaos surrounding her. Her mother found her, gently pulling the body out of her lap. Amy Johnson wrapped a blanket around her daughter, pulling her onto her feet. She gently pushed her away from their old home. How many are dead? Katie asked quietly. Her mother shook her head, holding onto her tightly. How many, Mom? I believe the count so far is eleven. Her mother answered hesitantly. Eleven! Katie's eyes filled with tears unable to wrap her mind around the number. Were any other homes attacked? No, thank goodness. Her mother's relieved voice echoed in the night. It appears the people who did this were not aware of Pureheart staying at the Hawks. Katie snorted. That's not the reason they weren't attacked. Do you know something we need to be aware of? Her mother's voice sounded on edge. Lizzie's a traitor, Mom. Her mother sighed. I have known the Hawks far longer than you have been alive. Old Elizabeth Hawk used to be the great white tiger for crying out loud. I know, Mom. Katie turned towards her mother. Lizzie is a traitor all the same. Her mother eyed her wearily. Was the Seekers at the compound attacked? I don't know. Don't you think it's more probable the Seekers had something to do with this? Other than an old and trusted family friend we have known for years? Katie eyed her mother in the darkness. How many more pure hearts have to die before I could get you and the blacks to listen to me? She turned blindly back towards the chaos of their old home. Katie! Her mother's exasperated voice followed her as she went looking for Jackson. 
she automatically followed her inner radar, knowing she would find him. He was in the back of the house, softly smelling the ground, running back and forth. She changed into animal form, following him, her nose close to the ground. She picked up the pungent smell immediately. She went back and forth the way Jackson had taught her. Finally, she came up with what she thought happened. Jackson changed into human form. What's your view on what happened? Katie changed into human form. I smell five distinct malice, she instantly answered. Two of them came from the north, two from the south, and one from the east. They joined together right here under my window. Jackson nodded. They all crawled into your old bedroom window. They killed everyone in my old bedroom first. Why did they finish off the whole house? My guess, the smell of blood becoming too intoxicating to them. They had to feed. Katie looked back towards her old home. Have you talked to any of the pure hearts that were here and witnessed the event? They said they woke up when you screamed my name. At first, they were confused and were unable to fight back. That's how some of the others died. When they're finally able to defend themselves, the malice ran out of the house. They got away? They ran out the front door and entered the woods over there by that large tree. Jackson pointed towards the back. Katie got up, facing the direction of the woods. Can we follow them? I don't know how many there are in the woods. I don't want anyone else to die tonight. Katie stared into the woods, fighting her instinct to run into them. She wanted to follow the monsters, making them pay for what they did. The biggest problem was, most of the pure hearts staying here were only a few weeks old. Katie turned, facing him, waiting for him to continue. Most of the older pure hearts started staying at the secret compound. The new batch of pure hearts just arrived and were staying here with very little training. Katie's thoughts returned to the pure heart who she had helped die. Not all of them were new. Jackson nodded. You're right. The older ones stayed together in your room. They were the first to die, in their sleep, without getting the chance to fight. A slow heat filled her senses, building into a slow, simmering rage. They knew who to kill first. That is exactly the conclusion I came up with. Unable to sit anymore, Katie started pacing the small yard. The full moon is three days away. Why did they attack tonight? I should have seen it coming. They changed the timing when they decided to go after Tyler. Why not a surprise attack when we were patiently waiting for the full moon? This is the way it's always been. We are always one step behind, trying to figure out what is going on. She stopped her pacing, facing Jackson. We are still fighting the minions. The leaders are so far out of reach, we don't even know who they are. I know, Katie. I know. Jackson sighed. His frustration was evident, his fingers brushing through his hair. How did you wake up? I had a nightmare. Jackson stood quietly, waiting for her to continue. I was in a meadow, and I could see fighting all around me. I recognized some of the pure hearts, and they were falling in battle. I started to join them when I could smell the strong odor of a malice right beside me. I turned to face him, and it was Stephen Bands. His fingers were dripping in blood. He slowly licked them, telling me he was going to enjoy eating me and everyone I love. Katie paused for a moment before she continued. I woke up. 
and that's when I could smell the scent of a real malice in the bedroom. A movement caught her attention. She turned to see Candy, standing next to the house, listening quietly to their conversation. She stepped out of the shadows, walking towards them. Sorry for eavesdropping. I didn't want to interrupt your conversation. Katie gave her a wry smile. I don't care if you hear. How much did you hear? Almost all of it, Candy shrugged. I have to tell you, everyone else is coming up with different conclusions than the two of you. Katie paused, knowing she was going to hate what Candy was going to tell them. What does everyone else think happened? Candy sighed. They think seekers are changing into malice. They are getting hungry for human flesh and decided to attack the pure hearts so they can do whatever they want to the local population. Jackson started cussing under his breath. Who was the first person who came up with that scenario? Katie retorted. Candy shrugged. Forrest is here. Of course he is. I didn't see him coming around and smelling the ground trying to figure out what happened. Jackson didn't say anything. His shoulders slumped in defeat. Seekers may have done this. Katie and Candy looked at Jackson in surprise. We still don't know what makes Seekers change into malice. Maybe some of them changed and we aren't aware of it. And maybe you're just giving up on them. I'm being realistic. Just because I was able to get my animal soul back doesn't mean all of the Seekers will get theirs. Some of them are bound to change into the monsters that killed tonight. No, I don't believe it. They're all trying so hard. They have hope in their hearts. I cannot believe they will turn now. Jackson's defeated expression didn't waver. If it was a seeker under my control who did this, they will wish they were never born. It's not, Jackson. I know it's not. How many attacked the black home? Jackson asked Candy, changing the subject. Four. One in my room, one in David's room, and two others going after the pure heart girls staying there. Jackson shook his head. Were you able to kill them all? Candy nodded. Mr. Black keeps a shotgun by his bed. He shot one of them point blank. It didn't actually kill him, but it slowed him down long enough for David and I to take care of it. We only had two attack us. Jackson thought a moment. It would have been an overkill if it was just you and your mom. People at the Sika compound know Zack and Cluxy come home with me every night. Katie finished for him. We had no idea Zack and Clutsy came home with Katie until this very evening, Candy pointed out. So, it couldn't have been anyone at the compound. They would have adjusted their numbers to accommodate for the two extra pure hearts that were staying at the plantation house. The traitor is on the pure heart side. No one in the compound knew where the older pure hearts slept except someone close to them. They were the first ones killed. If it hadn't been for your warning... Almost all of the pure hearts and their families would have died. All except for the ones staying at the Hawk residence, of course. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.